All right, let Wait. me. So Reno, I so we're gonna talk about some Wandavision. I, I guess first and foremost, one, how do you like our new scene setup? I love our new scene setup. I like it awesome. too. Like I, I felt like there might be a lot of stuff going on, but I'm really into the TV boxes yeah, that say, we're I like in. The, the the old TVs. We're, we're in old TVs. Maybe I'll maybe I'll upgrade to like slightly newer TVs as they kind of because it seems like they're going decade by decade. Yeah, uh, it seems the like they're gonna go from like the 50s on into the 70s and so on and so forth. And I, I really think the effect on the poster, but that's kind of split between the two halves of the screen i think that like glitch effect where they go from black and white to their their colored self color. and like kind of the vibrant uh shades of color that kind of ripple out i think that's probably one of the coolest effects i have seen and i i'm in love with it and i wish there was a way i could steal it but i can't so yeah whatever uh let's see what's the what's the guy's name that can move the stuff with his mind if he can move stuff with his mind why can't he move his legs uh you're thinking of professor professor x x Professor Charles Xavier. Uh, later, nerds. Perky calling. Whoa. You have a good one there, Rooster. You have a good one, Rooster. We'll miss you, buddy. But thank you for stopping by. Please feel free to stop by on Friday. We're talking Batman Returns. Batman Returns. We're going to deep dive into that crap on Friday. I'm excited. Because we got the penguin, man. Danny DeVito is a penguin. Such exciting shit. We need more of that. But why can't he move his legs though? Well, I mean, uh, in in what is it? Uh, in the X Men First Class chain of X Men stuff, he actually does use his telekinesis to uh, give him the ability to at least appear to be walking, right? Yep. So, I mean, I guess he could. But he's like, man, why? <laughs> like, I I could be exerting all this energy. I like to... being in this chair, man. Yeah, dude, I honestly I think I'd rather be in a chair. <laughs> just wheel myself around too. Like, it's just easier on yourself, man. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like I feel like it has to be taxing, right? I I know they I don't they don't necessarily always go into like the deep dive of like what the strain happens to be on uh, a mutant for using their powers because there has to be a cost. It can't just be infinite if they if they use telekinesis. My assumption is if you use psychic based powers, it has to be like destroying your There's mind. A limit. Yeah. It has to be like like because it's like it's like you're constantly flexing the muscle that's using it, and that's the brain. And it feels like after a point, like you're gonna start bleeding from the nose, kind of like tends to be the movie cutoff. And I feel like if you have to force your legs to walk because you are paralyzed. You're probably expending energy where you can just sit down, man. Just sit down. Uh, Wanda Vision Reno. So this week or last week we had two episodes, and the two episodes were probably two of the weirdest episodes I have ever seen from Marvel, a Marvel property ever. Absolutely. And like I even watched the uh, the Mandarin short. Where it shows uh, the guy that yeah. was pretending to be the Mandarin in prison, and like they break in ben there. Ben Kingsley. Yeah, Ben Kingsley. Uh, I, you know, I thought that was weird. This is by far the weirdest. By far, absolutely. The weirdest. Uh, so to to give to give everyone a quick rundown, we'll go with episode one first. Episode one basically started off like a sitcom and was a sitcom from a 50 eras thinking like I love you see or more kind of like the Dick Van Dyke show who's actually a consultant uh 
Dick Van Dyke was actually a consultant for the show to make sure that was the feel, really? yeah, to make sure the feel for the show was the same. And he had no idea what the Marvel Cinematic Universe was because Kevin <laughs> Kevin Feig was like, you know, like, you know, like this is, you know, like this is coming off the heels of our, you know, one of our biggest movies. Like, oh yeah, I heard you guys have been successful. And he's like, yeah, you know, Marvel or Avengers Endgame is kind of the the biggest grossing film ever. And then that's when you know Dick Van Dyke was like, wait a minute, you guys have the biggest grossing film ever. <laughs> Which uh, is kind of funny. It's a funny story. But uh, so you have this that's 1950s feel uh, where it's basically them just doing mundane crap, uh, going to work, hosting a dinner party for the boss. And that's about it. Now, there there are subtle things that happen in this episode that's entirely in black and white, by the way, uh, that that show that there is a darker underplot. Reno. Episode one, they have the dinner party. We kind of see some of of the new world that Wanda and the Vision are living in. Um, and let's let's talk about what we see first. What did you think about the episode? Just cut and dry. Watching the episode, what'd you think? Stupid. I think that's fair. Personally, I, I think that's like, fair. Like, the, the nerd in me is wanting, you know, like which. I've watched enough anime to know I've watched enough bad episodes that's not going to turn me off from the show from the get go. But it's setting up a, a story or setting up a, a plot line going forward, so I get it. But like this is this wasn't an episode that was going to pull me in and have me grip to the screen the entire episode, right? Like it 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 just wasn't. Right? Yeah, I, I think I think if I had a criticism, so. I am someone that liked this, but let's be real. Here's why I like it. Because the entire time I'm watching it, I know that what I'm seeing is not the reality of what's happening. But if you weren't someone that had been following the MCU pretty strictly, this feels like a really weird way to introduce people to these characters. Yeah. They're coming in thinking, well, I like that Iron Man guy, and I've seen the Spider-Man movie. Let me tune on this new Marvel Cinematic Universe show and see what's going on. Oh, it's entirely... This is, this is, this is just a 50s sitcom. This it's, is stupid. It's entirely in black and white, and there's no action. Okay, it's like... corny jokes, like corny dad jokes the entire time. Yeah, so it's one of those things where... I don't know how this was helping them hook new viewers, and I feel like that's a really bold thing to do because you're essentially starting off this new series by saying, listen, you either paid attention or you need to go watch the rest of Disney+. Plus. You're on the app already. Go watch the rest of those movies, dummy. I mean, they, they have to be thinking that that's what everyone's doing, right? Like they have to. God, I hope. I hope, man. Like there's enough diehard Marvel fans that they're going to watch this no matter what. I'm I'm one of them, man. Uh, but I think I think it was a weird I think it was a weird start for a show. If you just are thinking of gathering new audience members, this is this is a weird thing to introduce people to that maybe aren't fully versed with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And then the, those of us that are, it's still super confusing because no one even comes close to hinting at why Vision is alive in the first episode. It's just weird, man. It's just a little weird. I, I'm i giving... I'm like you. Like, There's no reason to shut down on right now because you know there's a lot more. Um, right. But I think it's weird because if you take it at face value, it's a 1950s sitcom. But if you realize that there's more going on, it's one of those things where like, I'm interested to see what happens. 
And there are small moments throughout the first episode where you think that maybe some of the the actual realities bleeding into this altered or this this illusion that we're watching. Which at the end of the episode shows that someone else is watching the same thing unfold. So like there's already just that on the nose showing you that there's something nefarious happening. Uh, but I think one of the moments that got me in the first episode was the dinner sequence where you had the husband, Mr. Hart, start choking. And Mrs. Hart... Stop it. Stop it. And it sounds stop like it. it sounds like she's talking to him. And then it sounds like she's a broken record. But I think what I hope we get later on in the episode is maybe we see how this was actually playing out. And she wasn't talking to her husband to stop you know, acting a fool because he was choking. Uh, but that she was talking to whoever's forcing them to do this to make them stop what was happening. And it, it had a really creepy vibe to it. That made me feel like I was watching one of those uh, five-minute segment shows that pop up on Adult Swim at like 2 a.m. to 4 a.m., like Too Many Cooks, where it looks like it's one thing, and then it starts to get really dark, and then it never explains itself. Yep. Which this will eventually explain itself, but right now, there's a lot going on that doesn't make any sense. There's too many cooks right now. There are too many cooks. Uh, so the commercial in this first episode was a toaster by Tony Stark. Yep. What'd you th- or not, I guess not Tony Stark, but Stark enterprise, Stark industry, industry. Yeah. industry yes. Uh, Rito, what'd you think about the toaster? Do you think there's anything that you draw from the toaster? I mean, there's gotta be something in it about it because it, they wouldn't have put it on there if there wasn't. But the- I, I honestly was watching it like while talking to my wife. So I, I really didn't get to see that scene too well. So, so if there was something in it, I, I might've missed it. So let's 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 do a quick breakdown for the the toaster commercial. Here I go as I try to help you feel better about watching this weird show. So again, this is something that only pays off for people that know the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Our introduction to Wanda and her brother Quicksilver was them essentially telling a story to Ultron about how they were waiting in their bombed out village with one of Tony Stark's bombs sitting there waiting for it to go off and kill them like it had their family. This toaster product was a Stark industry product. It had a red light that started beeping that didn't sound like a toaster. It kind of sounded like a bomb. And the tagline was uh, was like, forget your past. Uh, this is your future. Um, so a lot of people feel like the the toaster commercial is tying into Wanda subconsciously thinking about her past, which her past, her start was, you know, basically her life getting destroyed by Tony Stark and his his weapons of mass destruction. Uh, and and like it just kind of kicked off from there. The second commercial was a, a lot more clear. You didn't have to do too much digging, right? Uh, it was a Strucker, uh, so Wolfgang von Strucker, uh, the the Hydra scientist that basically unlocked the potential of the two twins and gave them their powers. And it had Hydra in the in the, the clock watch. face, yeah, in the in the watch face. So it not as much boosted monkey. Yo yo yo, what's up, boosted monkey? What up? So the second commercial more on the nose, but these two commercials so far, and Kevin Feige has said that these commercials. Uh, tell truths in of themselves. So I think what these commercials that we've seen so far show us are are locked away moments of Wanda's memories. 
So now it kind of gives you, it one, it gives you just kind of cute little Easter eggs, but I think it also starts to show you that whatever we're watching is taking place potentially in Wanda's mind. Yeah. Or it's being influenced by Wanda's mind to some degree because these two commercials had Hydra and had Stark Industries, which were two forces that shaped her and two forces that were very heavily involved in kind of her her coming to these powers. So I think I think eventually we'll have something. I, I wouldn't be surprised if in one of these coming episodes we have a commercial that's an allusion to Thanos or the Infinity Stones. I, I think we're going to start getting more and more stuff like that that maybe show some painful moments in her life. Uh, so it's, I, there's going to be something about a brother in there at some point. Yeah. We're going to have something that ties into her brother. And I think I think that's probably what the payoff is going to be from WandaVision. Is that we're going to have this really abstract and weird first few episodes. And then they're going to break our heart with the reality of all this. Because this is... At, at first glance, for me, what it looks like is we're getting the mental breakdown of someone that has just consecutively lost and lost people they cared about. Yeah, Parents... Their humanity, brother. the brother, and then their lover, and I think I think this has just been a lot. And I, and there's also some other things in there. So the song "Yakety Yak" kind of is an Easter egg in of itself. Uh, it's a child talking to an adult, kind of rebellious. Uh, there's also the the kind of subtleness to the song where it's kind of just telling telling this person not to backtalk them. So some people think that that might be part of someone trying to control Wanda subconsciously telling her, listen, don't talk back. Just, just go with whatever we're doing. We also have a, a helicopter that made a loud crash. When we see it, it's a toy helicopter with the sword emblem on it and Tony Stark colors. So (laughs) several things to unpack from there. Um, But it seems like sword, which is the replacement after shield will have something to do with this. Um, A lot of people think the helicopter was a drone in reality, but in Wanda's world, it looked like a toy helicopter. So that's why it made as big of a loud crashing noise. You have the you have the beekeeper that popped out that she noped out of existence, I guess. Um, bah! Which is kind of cool in one regard because it could be either just a straight up nod to the fact that someone's watching <laughs> them and that they're just kind of these these trapped insects or i guess wanda's this trapped insect that's just kind of roaming around bless you bless you um thank you but also reno there is a science branch of hydra that is called aim aim and their outfits made them look like beekeepers uh, to the point that they were sometimes referred to as the beekeeper guys isn't that where uh uh the dude from uh, Venture Brothers got the B outfits from. I think so. Also, AIM has already been in the MCU. They were essentially, I don't know if it was ever specifically said, um, but I think the full name, I forget what the full name is, um, but it was it was Iron Man 3's main villain. The The guys that, that made Extremis were, were AIM. Uh, so we've seen AIM. We've seen S.W.O.R.D. because um, Nick Fury at the end of... Uh, Spider-Man Far From Home, he's out on the big spaceship, or was it Marvel, was it Wonder Woman? I forget which one it was. It was uh, Spider-Man. Not Wonder, not Wonder Woman, Marvel. It was, Marvel, it was Spider-Man Marvel. because they revealed that he was one of those dudes that 
changed because the scrolls because the because the scrolls yes. were on earth and, and they were talking to yeah. fury up in space so that that we think is the inception of sword which is kind of the extraterrestrial version of of shield um which might become more of the true version of sealed in the mcu because shield is for all intents and purposes dead or defunct at this yeah. point um yeah. honestly i hope hydra comes back I, i'm gonna be real real with it i hope hydra comes back I really just secretly wish that that Red Skull would come back, but I don't know. That, I know that'll never happen. No, uh, some people have started saying that the the clock commercial with Strucker, um, because it's like he'll always make time for you, and the fact that uh, we've already seen one Hydra villain live on after their body's death by uploading themselves into uh, technology, that maybe Von Strucker is still around and maybe he's pulling some strings. I just, I hate that we got rid of Hydra as quickly as we did. So easy. And if yeah. it, if it hadn't been for Marvel's agents of shield, which not a lot of people were watching, Hydra would have been killed off as quickly as they were introduced in one movie, Captain America winter soldier. It would have felt like granted they were in, uh, you know, Captain America, the first Avenger, but they were basically defunct and everything. It just, I, I thought Hydra went down like some chumps when they should have been more of this this big overarching villain for big bad, yeah, for a while. And it could have been like it could have been a progression, right? Hydra could have been the main villain for the first Avengers, and then we go uh, the Thanos route. Because in hindsight, did we really need to go straight to Thanos? The no. straight straight to the Chitari, and, and and it wasn't even really that Thanos was alluded to at the end of the first Avengers all that much. It was just. The Chitari and an otherworldly thing, it could have ended up being anyone, and it just felt like, man, we could have saved that for Avengers 2. I also don't yeah. like how they handled Ultron. I don't want to get into it right now. <laughs> I don't want to get into it right now. Uh, but I think I think this is weird, and I think it's fine if you feel frustrated or lost or confused with the first two episodes. Um, I think I think this is something that Marvel fans will get more and more payoff as it goes. I think if you're a Marvel fan that are just looking for something that you can dissect. This is going to be one of those shows that gives you a lot of Easter eggs to pay off your nerdy, your nerdy hunting. Um, but that's not everyone's cup of tea. Like I even had my sister text me and she's like, please explain to me why I should like this show after she had watched the first episode. <laughs> I'm like, I tried, I tried to give her like all the reasons why I liked it. Um, but clearly like this, <sighs> This is such a cliche thing. This was such a brave uh, introduction to this this new chapter in the MCU. Lame. Because it is, I mean, it is brave. Like, this is, this is one way to potentially kill off an audience pretty quick by giving them literally nothing to work with in the first two episodes. And I thought the sole reason they were giving us two episodes was because the first episode would potentially be weird and there wouldn't be a lot of answers, but maybe the second and episode, the second one kind of kept you drawn back in, but or at least gives you something where you're like, Oh, I don't fully know what's happening here, but I'm kind of getting that picture. And, and maybe they felt like they did that in the second episode with her saying no. And like noping things away. Yeah. And then giving herself a baby bump and changing stuff into the eighties. But I don't know, man, it just, weird it's weird it's weird uh the voice on the on the radio I, I don't know why people haven't been saying this that was don Cheadle, right like that's that's war machine trying to talk to her correct was it i thought so 
To me, it sounded, to me, every time I heard that person on the radio saying, Wanda, who's doing this to you? It sounded like Don Cheadle every time that person was talking. I'm about to go back and, and listen because I didn't catch that. And now listen, uh, I forget what, uh, Glinda, she called herself Glinda. Her name isn't actually Glinda. And it was weird that she had to think about it at first when she was asked. Um, so that shows you that there's some weird stuff happening in this reality right now because Glinda, Glinda, Glendalyn, whatever her name is, uh, she's actually going to be a character that has grown up the, the young child that we met in Captain Marvel. She's now an adult. That's who this actress is supposed to be portraying. Uh, so her name is not Glenda or Glendalyn or whatever the, whatever the crap she said it was. Uh, so there's weird moments like that. But now the prevailing thing here is either Agnes or the blonde-haired lady that kind of runs, runs the, the women's club. One of these two are going to be potentially a, a supernatural big bad. Because there is a witch character named Agatha, who who is a villain in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and a lot of people think Agnes is that. I think the blonde-haired lady could be very suspect, too. But there's so many weird things that are going on right now that you have, like, no idea what it all means. Yeah. Like, are these people actors in this situation trying to help coax Wanda to whatever they're trying to get from her? Or are these people trapped by Wanda? Like, what? Like, give me something. Keep what is going on. on? Yep. So hopefully we get a little bit more clarity in episode three. But Reno, I just wanted to thank you for sitting down and chatting with me a little bit about WandaVision, buddy. You're welcome, buddy. We'll do this again next week, and hopefully we'll have more clarity as to what the f*** is going on with everything that we're watching. Because <laughs> we have no idea. <laughs> we have no idea, but just We don't like, know what we're doing. Just like that beekeeper... In episode two, we are getting noped up out of this space. So, Reno, thank you so much. I am Mr. Cack. This has been Rage You Nerds talking about WandaVision. We hope you have a good night. We love you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And this is Captain